Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, the aforementioned Tyler Crawley. And we got a lot to get to on today's podcast. Uh, Another report that is two days in a row. We got two reports in as many days uh, now showing a lot of twos going on here. We got two reports in two days showing two months of home price decline. That's a lot of twos. I feel like that's my lucky number. I should be playing that in the lottery or something. So we're going to get into that. And then it is jobs week. Do not forget. It is jobs week, which means a lot of jobs data. And we start the week. The first little piece of data that we got was the uh, JOLTS report, job openings, labor, turnover survey. And it was a doozy, a little shocking. Not going to lie. We're going to get to all of it here on this what is it, Wednesday? Wednesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. All right, so let's start with the CoreLogic Home Price Insight Report, which looks at the CoreLogic Home Price Index. Now, this, of course, is following the Monday report that we got from Black Knight, which showed two months, July and August, two months in a row, home price declines, 2%. Not slowdown. Actual price declines month over month. So what did the CoreLogic report show? Well, not exactly 2%. In fact, actually about 1% over the last two months, but a decline nonetheless. In fact, month over month, home prices fell 0.7% in August compared to 0.3% in July. So this was half as bad as the report from Black Knight. But once again, two months two uh, months in a row of home price declines. Kind of a big deal. Uh, Now, as with the Black Knight reports, year over year, we're still sitting pretty. Uh, Year over year, home prices were up 13.5% in August, which of course is down from July when it was 15.8%. But this is now the fourth straight month that home prices or home price appreciation has fallen and it has now fallen to the lowest level since April of 2021. So it's been a while since a year-over-year number has fallen to 13.5%, which is just so crazy because that's just such a big number. And it's just it's it's a good time to reflect on where we were not too long ago at over 20% year-over-year. But here's the other thing. The streak continues despite the month over month declines, 127 months in a row of home price, year over year, home price appreciation from the prior month. 127 months in a row, home prices have been in the positive. And then speaking of the positive, despite pretty much every single area seeing a decline, Miami, holding strong in more ways than one. So yes, they have the number one spot at, you know, with year over year appreciation up 27.1%. But what's amazing, that is unchanged from July. 
So every other area is seeing a decline, you know, a little bit of a slowdown or a big slowdown, I guess I should say. Not Miami. They're holding strong 27.1%. Same number in July or in August that we saw in July. Phoenix took the number two spot up 22.1% year over year. And Las Vegas rounded out the top three up 21.6%. So I have a feeling it is very possible that the next report, the one from September, we could see Miami being the only area, major metro area still above 20% year-over-year appreciation. I'm making the prediction right now. I think it's going to happen. Miami will be the only area over 20% year-over-year appreciation. Uh, Statewide, not surprisingly, probably thanks to Miami alone, (laughs) maybe. Florida took the top spot. They were up 26.4% year-over-year. Tennessee up 20%. And then North Carolina, North Kakalaki, baby, where I am from, found its way in the top three at 19.9%. Oh, man, just barely missing 20%. But what's amazing is I have not seen North Carolina ever in any of these, not not in the top three, I should say. I mean, they've always been sort of up there, you know, Raleigh, obviously, Charlotte, very hot housing markets. But I never saw them statewide in the top three, which leads me to believe that a lot of these hotter markets, places like Arizona, places like, um, well, obviously not Florida, but uh, you know, California, some of these other places that were just extremely hot, have cooled off significantly, where in North Carolina, things are cooling. There's no doubt about that. But we also have an extremely hot economy. You know, this year, CNBC gave North Carolina the number one place to do business. And so I think that that's why you're seeing North Carolina. It's slowing, but not as fast as everyone else, because there is another thing. It's not just pure speculation in the housing market. There's an economy and there are wages and there are other things that are backing up what has been happening in North Carolina. And I think the reason that they moved to number three while everyone else is kind of falling faster is a sign of that. So looking ahead, CoreLogic is predict or pre- projecting. I always do that. Predict, projecting, <laughs> projecting uh, that in September, home prices will see 0% growth. So they're actually not calling for a negative Number. They're not calling for a decline, even though we saw 0.3%, 0.7% fall the last two months. They're saying 0% in September. And then by August 2023, so a year from now, only up 3.2%. Still positive, though. So they're not calling for next year to be negative, despite what is happening right now. So even if we do see things kind of drop off, as most are saying, we might see a pickup after that. So they're calling for growth year over year. Still in positive territory. Now, I do have to remind you, CoreLogic has never been right once in any of these predictions. So I'm not sure it's going to change now. But two reports, two days, two months of home price, home prices falling. I think that's significant. No doubt about it. And speaking of falling... Let's talk job openings. The JOLTS reports, the beginning of Jobs Week. We got the JOLTS report, the job open, was it job opening layover turnover survey? Looks at what's happening with the labor market from the perspective of job openings. And then people that are quitting, people that are getting fired, people that are getting laid off, people that are 
separating from their business. And so for the longest time, this number has continued to remain above 10 million. Then it reached 11 million. And it kind of just ping pong back between 10 and 11 million. And no matter what was happening with the Fed funds rate, what was happening with the stock market, what was happening with housing, anything else, the job market, the labor market, I should say, has remained strong. And it's been quite the frustration, I believe, for Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve, who, let's face it, they need to see a loosening labor market. And there has been no evidence at all that that is happening until now. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's, that's what's so funny about this is that when I saw the top line number, I thought, oh yeah, absolutely. Labor market finally loosening up. But when you actually break the numbers down, well, as always, it's a little more complicated. So the top line number job openings, which had, like I said, between 11 and 10 million. They were recently at 11 million, but they decreased to almost under 10 million. They decreased to 10.1 million. That is 1.1 million fewer job openings at the end of August than we had at the end of July. That's 10%. We have, we have not seen a drop like that probably since the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, companies are like, we're not hiring anyone and pulled all their job openings. 10% drop month over month. Now, the largest decrease in job openings were in healthcare and social assistance, a drop of 236,000. Other services fell 183,000. Retail sale or retail trade fell 143,000. But here's where it gets a little complicated. So you look at that number and you go, oh my gosh, the labor market's loosening up. This is what the Fed has wanted the great resignation that we've been calling all these people quitting. They feeling, you know, confident in the labor market. They'll be able to find a new job. They may already have an offer, more money, better perks, whatever it may be. People are quitting their jobs. Well, if the labor market's loosening and people feel that you're going to see fewer resignations. And that was not the case in the month of August, despite the big drop in job openings the great resignation does not appear to be over as the number of quits were little changed in August at 4.2 million, which of course complicates this idea that the labor market's loosening. If it's a loose labor market, people aren't quitting at that high of a level. But here's where it gets more interesting. You got to keep peeling the layer of this onion. Quits increased the most in accommodation and food services, 119,000. Meanwhile, we saw the biggest decrease in professional and business services, about 94,000. And Joe Weisenthal at Bloomberg wrote that this could be a sign that white collar workers are a little less confident in the labor market than say, blue collar workers. He wrote in Bloomberg, quote, taken literally, it would imply that service industry workers remain as confident as ever about their employment prospects, whereas those doing office jobs are getting considerably more anxious. And again, that's consistent with the macro news where employment overall remains strong, but layoffs are gathering steam in tech and in other areas more exposed to tightening financial conditions. I mean, you're seeing it in the mortgage industry. You're seeing it in real estate. You're seeing it in financial services. These are white collar jobs. 
these are office jobs. You're seeing it in tech, as they mentioned. And that is going to have a bigger impact just because we're talking about higher wages. You're talking about a different aspect of the economy that has an oversized impact on the direction, positive or negative, of the economy. So I think it's why it does matter who is concerned about the labor market. But the bottom line is the world has been calling for the Fed to ease up on interest rates. They're freaking out. <laughs> and if we get data, you know, as we move through this week, it's jobs week, shows that the labor market is in fact loosening, the world might get their wish. But not because they asked for it, because that's the data is telling us. That's 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 what you want to see. So speaking of later this week, um, today we are going to be getting the ADP reports which, of course, is back after some tooling and working and trying to make it a little bit more reliable. We'll be getting that data today at 8.15, I believe. Let me make sure I get this number. I think it's 203,000. Yeah, they're going to project that 203,000 jobs were created in September, which is, you know, still pretty good. That's what you'd kind of like to see, which is kind of funny because initial jobless claims are projected to rise to 203,000 on Thursday. <laughs> so those two numbers, of course, not connected in any way, shape, or form. It'd be funny if they were exactly the same. And then on Friday, we're expecting the big monthly jobs report to show 250,000 jobs created in September. So it is jobs week, and we've already got a little bit of jobs data, but it's kind of, well, it's mixed. Job openings fall, but resignation still strong. So where do people think about the labor market? We will get more information as we move through the week, and we will keep you informed of all the latest updates right here <laughs> on markets and mortgages. Look at that. I did it. I, we're about to be under 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I finally have done it. So we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>